Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Fellow redeemed in Christ. What is happiness? Where is happiness found? These are important questions, and people have asked them for millennia. Young or old, male or female, everyone wants to be happy. Americans find happiness so important that we incorporated it into our Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But as someone rightly observed, having the right to pursue happiness is no guarantee of finding it. Of course, to measure happiness, one must define it, but this really isn't easy. Most dictionaries and psychologists define happiness as a, quote, subjective sense of well-being. In other words, being content with personal circumstances. In fact, the word happy itself is related to the words happen and happenstance. Consequently, when good things happen, I'm happy. When bad things happen, I'm unhappy. But the result of this is a happiness based on conditions or a conditional happiness. That is, a happiness by coincidence, chance, or accident. And many equate happiness with having. If only I had. If only I had a new car, I'd be happy. If only I had more money, fewer bills, better friends, longer lunch breaks, then I'd be happy. Would I really? Would I? Perhaps for a little while, at least until I needed something newer or something better to make me happy again. And of all the if-only-I-hads in life, what is more commonly associated with happiness than money? And yet there are some things in this life that remain beyond the golden reach of MasterCard, Visa, and American Express. And as it turns out, these unviable things are really the most important things in life. Health, happiness, family, forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation. Someone once wrote, money can buy a bed, but not a good night's sleep. Money can buy a house, but not a home. Money can buy a companion, but not a friend. How does God define happiness? As Christians, this is our most important consideration. And thankfully, God has spoken volumes on the subject in his holy word. But the word that God uses most often for happiness is blessedness. In the Bible, to be blessed by God is to be happy. And to be happy is to be blessed by God. And interestingly, the Hebrew word in Psalm 1 for blessed also has the sense of happiness, has the sense of fullness and wholeness, to be at peace. And interestingly also, wherever that Hebrew word is used in the Old Testament, it always occurs in the plural, literally, happiness says. 
And that's because when God blesses us, when God gives us happiness, he always does so in the plural, richly, abundantly, that cup that runs over in Psalm 23 or in Ephesians chapter 3, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. In fact, in the Old Testament, if you substitute the word happy for blessed in certain passages, blessed is a much richer word, but if you substitute the word happy, begin to sense how God defines happiness. Happiness is being forgiven by God, Psalm 32 verse 1. Happiness is trusting in God, Psalm 34 verse 8. Happiness is being corrected by God, Psalm 112, Psalm 94 verse 12. That's the happy wisdom of Psalm 1. Just consider that first of all, God wants us to be happy. God wants us to be content, that is, and satisfied and fulfilled in him. And we all say, oh yeah, I know that. Well, we know it, but do we live it? In the darkest hours and deepest troubles of our life, can we still say, God wants me to be happy? Or do we rather secretly think, well, maybe God doesn't want me to be happy or is indifferent toward my happiness? Or worse still, maybe God is preventing my happiness because if God really wanted me to be happy, he would have given me this and he would have prevented that. But do we ever stop to think that God didn't give us this? God prevented that because he wanted our happiness. Second, God's promise of happiness is really intended for everyone. And still we say, well, I guess I was never really meant to be happy. You ever said that? I guess I was never meant to be happy. But is such a bleak outlook on life really compatible with Scripture or really compatible with the happy advice of Psalm 1? The answer is no. Such a dismal outlook on life is really the result of a misunderstanding of what true blessings are, a misunderstanding of how much God has blessed every single one of us every day in our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 1 verse 1 does not say, blessed is the rich man, or blessed is the Harvard man, or blessed is the well-groomed, well-dressed, or well-educated man. It simply says, blessed is the man. And the Hebrew word applies to both men and women. Blessed is the person who follows God's path to happiness. Follow it. You'll be happy. Or third, to find happiness We have to be on the right path. The right path is God's path. While the craving for happiness is really universal, the paths by which people pursue happiness are so diverse. Some pursue happiness by way of fame, fortune, power, possessions. And all those endless hours they had to spend at the office because they just needed that, that whatever. And other people pursue happiness by more self-destructive means. Drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, all types of excesses and addictions. And yet in the end, there are just two ways to happiness. God's way and man's way. And every human pursuit of happiness falls into one of these two categories. The psalm, Psalm 1, describes happiness in two ways. The godly way, verses 1 through 3. 
the ungodly way in verses 4 through 5. And then in verse 6, the inevitable outcome of both ways. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God wants our happiness and peace and contentment in him. But friends, if we feel unhappy, if we feel unfulfilled, perhaps the first question we should ask is, do I know what true happiness is? Perhaps the second question should be, do I know how blessed I am in my Savior Jesus Christ? And perhaps the third question should be, so am I on the right path? Am I on God's path? Or am I on a path of my own choosing? Fourth, being happy means a willingness to say no to that which is worldly and ungodly. Consider this. Why does Psalm 1 describe what a happy man does not do before describing what a happy man does? Perhaps for the same reason that 8 out of 10 commandments begin with thou shalt not instead of thou shalt. It is the inclination of sinful human nature to do the wrong thing and to go the wrong way. But make no mistake, saying no to some things is as important to your happiness as saying yes to others. Of course, saying no to oneself is is considered absurd by the world. From a worldly perspective, saying yes to absolutely everything Abortion, gay marriage, marital unfaithfulness, obscene talk, gossiping, cheating, lying, pornography. Well, that's, that's the key to happiness. Or in the words of my generation, hey, whatever makes you happy, man. But by contrast, Psalm 1 states that happiness also comes from saying no to that which is ungodly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Said another way, taking bad advice, visiting bad places, and keeping bad company will never make us happy. God does not tell us no because he wants to deprive us. He tells us no to ensure our happiness. And finally, happiness comes from a deep daily meditation on the word of God. Psalm 1 states of the godly man's happiness, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Law in this verse is in the broader sense, not of law versus gospel, but of the whole word of God, law and gospel. And additionally, the Hebrew word that's used for meditates literally means to study while mumbling. That is to study and and read out loud, speak to yourself and ask questions like, what's God teaching me here? What does he want me to learn? What does he want me to apply to my life? See, the deeper we dig into the Bible, the more divine treasure we unearth. The more treasure we find, the more blessed we are. The more blessed we are, the happier we will be. When we are deeply rooted in Holy Scripture, we become that living, flourishing, well-established tree of Psalm 1 so that our hope does not wither, our strength does not fail, our efforts are not fruitless. And our happiness is no longer based on changing circumstances, 
but on the unchanging love of God and grace of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 31, stanzas 1 and 5. 31, stanzas 1 and 5.